Well, hello there, and welcome to the Speak Up with Laura Camacho podcast. This is your host, Laura Camacho. This is episode number 208, 208, and I'm taking a theme that was extremely popular a little over a year ago. That was episode 156 called Be the Boss, Slay the Q&A. And I think I have shared that episode more often than any other episode with clients because it's such an issue, the thing about questions and answering questions. So this is going to be Slay the Q&A 2.0. I'm going to give you a refresher for those of you who already know from last year, over a year ago, my fail-proof proven process for dealing with questions. But first of all, welcome. I'm glad you're here. If you're new to this program, I'm especially glad that you're here. Our audience tends to attract highly conscientious, high performers who happen to be extremely good looking. So if that's you, you should feel right at home. And it's all about, you know, having conversations that help us get to our goals. I mean, at the end of the day, most of what we do is communication. We might as well learn to do it better. All of us know our craft. Even communication coaching, I had to learn how to talk about it to get clients because just knowing the craft, knowing how to help people and to get paid to do so are not the same thing. And it's the same thing at your career. Before I get too far, I want to mention our sponsor, which is my book, The Practical Guide to Effective Communication. Get recognized for the value you already contribute. And I just want to share a little bit from the book. And I have a chapter called Really Useful Feedback, Chapter 7. Giving feedback is a sticky wicket for a lot of people. And for those people, they tend not to give it until they are on their last nerve and then they give it not very effectively. But since we're talking about questions today, for someone who hates confrontation like you do, I have found that asking questions is a good way to open up that conversation about feedback. For example, if you want to talk to someone about their performance on a project, instead of diving into, hey, I want to give you some feedback about this project, you start off by saying, hey, How do you think this thing went? How do you think the project went? And that helps the person to state their point of view. And then you can tailor your comments to that. And here's one more tip I'm going to give you from the book. And it helps you to put the accountability on the other person. Because taking responsibility is not really a fashionable thing right now. It's much more fashionable to blame someone else. So that translates into work ethic sometimes. But what are you doing in order to achieve a certain success imperative? Or for example, Tien, what can you do differently in order to achieve metric number one? Or Carol, what do you think is the best way for you to do uh, such and such? Carolyn, how can I help you do this success imperative? The success imperative is get better at something or a new behavior. So use questions. This book, again, the practical guide to effective communication, get recognized for the value you already contribute. It's available in paperback and of course, an ebook with, you know, nice is very well hyperlinked. The guy who did the digital version did such a good job of that. And by the way, since we're 
in Q4, this would be a great Christmas present for anybody, high school, senior, and above, because it really goes behind the scenes and it's not boring. Back to slay the Q&A and asking questions. For those of you who are on the more introvert side, you know that asking questions is pretty easy for you, let's say more so than for other people. And I'm not going to go into asking good questions, conversation starters. We'll save that for another episode. But I do want to mention to remind you and to encourage you about the value of asking questions, especially if you can do it so that it doesn't sound like an interrogation. Sometimes people are so socially ill at ease that you ask them a question and they answer it, but they don't like throw the ball back to you. And that annoys me to no end. But this is not about the things that annoy Laura. That would be another conversation. But asking a lot of questions not only helps you to learn something, right? But it improves interpersonal bonding. Because when you show interest in the other person by asking them questions, especially follow-up questions. So rather than changing the topic after you get an answer to your question, like, where are you from? Akron, Ohio. Oh, okay. So what is Akron, Ohio like? What is the weather there? That would be a follow-up question. Or if someone asks you, how has your day gone? And you say, oh my gosh, I've lost my will to live. A good follow-up question would be, well, is there something I can do to help? Or tell me what was so bad that happened today. So those kinds of questions show authentic interest in the person and that makes the relationship better. So I'm going, all of October, uh, my newsletter is going to be about building relationships, but questions are good for that. So you listening, instead of dreading the Q&A, instead of getting nervous about it, I want you to welcome the Q&A. I want you to be excited about it, okay? Because getting asked questions means that people are interested in your topic. It could also mean that somebody wants to bring you down or make you look dumb. That is possible. If you don't have enemies, you're not doing it right, for sure. You're blending in too much. So having enemies is a good sign. And even if your enemies are asking questions, that's good because they're asking them, hopefully, in a public forum. It's not a test. You're not on trial, showing interest. And think of questions at two levels. There's the information exchange, which usually you're being asked questions on things that you are knowledgeable about. And even if you don't know the whole answer, you know a partial answer, right? So you're giving information exchange and you're managing people's impressions of you. And that's probably even more important and something that you can use to build your own visibility to get that recognition and to stand out as the highly conscientious high performer that you are. I just want to share a couple of examples of a wrong approach to the question that I'm afraid of questions scenario. So one client I was talking to, I think just last week, we were talking on this exact same issue, and she was telling me that her strategy to be prepared for any question was that in her presentation, she just was crushing the audience literally with so much data, so many data points, 
so much information because she saw that as a way to protect herself against questions that she wouldn't know the answer to. That doesn't sound bad, except that your audience, you're assuming they have the attention span of the Grand Canyon when it's actually a flea. Like they can't take in all that information. Now they might be bamboozled into not asking questions because the data you're presenting is just so overwhelming, but that's really not what you want. You really do want questions. You want interaction. You want interest in what you're doing. And I wanted you to know, you listening, that even though the themes that I talk about on a day-to-day basis tend to be related somehow with speaking with impact, executive presence, personal branding, and I've been doing this a long time, a very long time, I still get questions now and then that I don't know the answer to. And sometimes it's with a new client and I've got to make a good impression. And sometimes it's 25 minutes and I have to help them solve a problem. I have to add value. Are they going to not come back or they're not going to recommend me? And then I will be out of business and starving in the streets. So I wanted to tell you kind of a funny example of that. Usually the things that they ask me that I'm not sure about, it will be related to certain constraints, like maybe a financial enterprise, like they can't talk about certain things, or I'll give my usual recommendation and they'll say, oh, we can't do that here. So then that makes me have to think of something else. But once this guy, I really don't know how this happened because I only work in the business sector. Like I am not a therapist, as you can tell. I don't offer personal date. I've had a few guys ask me about how to pick up or how to start conversations with attractive women. But I had this man ask me how to pick up men in San Francisco. And that is a topic that I really, ha- I have no idea. <laughs> like I, I, I don't know, but I do know how to start conversations and I do know how to build relationships. And so we had many, many sessions around that. But when he was explaining what he wanted, so instead of saying, well, I don't do that. Heck if I know, you don't tell them what you don't know. You tell them what you do know. And I say, well, I can help you start conversations with anyone. I can help you ask interesting questions and be an interesting conversationalist. I can help anybody do that. As far as having success in the dating market, no promises. (laughs) That is not my wheelhouse, as they say. But I've learned that when someone throws this tricky question at me, I just ask more questions and then I'll get to something that I can help them with. But again, don't tell them what you don't know unless you have to. I'm not saying that saying I don't know is wrong, but it just wastes time. People want to know, what do you know? How can you help me? All right. So this is the setup for Slay the Q&A. Now I'm going to go into, I just want to remind you again, why having questions is better than not having questions. I have this 4A framework. I have some things you can say that even if you really have no idea, And then I have one magic tool that will ironclad you against all questions. It'll inoculate you against the fear of questions for the rest of your career. You're welcome. All right. So remember, questions show interest. They show that what you are doing is important. 
If there's no questions, then nobody cares. Let's say that you're giving a quarterly or monthly business update and things are going fine. There's really like no big news to report. If you can, it's good to craft your report or your update in a way that you can encourage them to ask questions or you can say, does anybody have any questions about how we're achieving this outcome or how we've changed the way we work? You really do want to have questions and you don't necessarily have to have them all at the end. If it's a presentation of longer than 10 minutes, I would craft engineer points in the middle of the thing where you, before I go on, I just want to make sure, are there any questions about what we just talked about? It's just questions equal engagement, equal interest means what you're doing is impactful. And that impact is being recognized because a lot of us are doing work that's impactful, but nobody knows about it. And that's not helpful for your career. All right. So questions are good. I want you to think of them as a positive thing and not a negative thing. It's not a test. It is an opportunity for you to show your stuff, your personality, your expertise, your leadership, all of that. All right. So there's a 4A process. I know a lot of you love processes and this is a great one because it's four times the letter A. And the first one is to acknowledge the question or the questioner. So acknowledging the questioner is a micro relationship builder because you're saying, hey, I appreciate your question, Bob, or hey, Mary, that's a great question. Thank you for that question. That's an interesting question. Or I I was hoping nobody would ask that, but since you did, Priya, we're going to just go into it. First of all, that gives your brain a little bit of time to think. And second of all, when you answer a question within a structure, like the one I'm teaching you right now, the four A's, your answer has more impact. It's more memorable than just, you know, in school, oh, what's two plus two? And everybody's like, four, four, four. No, but in work, you want to use at least some of the questions to establish your thought leadership and to, to really put your ideas out there. So the start of that is saying, great question, interesting question. I'm so glad you asked that. Even just thank you for that question. Acknowledge the questioner. Advise on the topic. Now, of course, if it's a simple question, a yes or no question, you don't need this process. But even so, acknowledging the questioner is going to be a good thing for you. It's going to help build that relationship and build your visibility. But if you can give some information that's useful, not random, but some context on the topic, then you're adding value. And the more value you add, the more people you help, the better off you are. So you're looking at this as an opportunity to share your expertise on the topic. So if they're asking you about risk, you could say, my team and I, we have really hit our heads against each other trying to come up with the best risk mitigation strategy. It's complicated by factor A, B, and C. Or as you've noticed, you know, because of the economic factors, giving a 100% certainty answer right now is tricky. Just give some context or even why that topic is important or why it's hard to answer or what is the impact of that topic 
Like what are the topics? The topics are going to be timelines, risk, resources needed, confidence. I mean, the questions are going to become pretty predictable for you. So give a little context on the topic. And then A number three is answer the question the best you can. You don't have to give the encyclopedia. Your goal is to help them. Your goal is to be helpful. Remember, you're the trusted advisor. And then A is ask back. Like, is is that good for you? Does that answer your question sufficiently? Would you like to know more? How does that sound to you? You want to close the loop with a question if you can. So it's acknowledge, advise, answer, and then ask back. Four A's. That will get you through anything. But if there's a question that you really don't know, you can say, I don't know, let me get back to you. But I would just leave out the I don't know part and just say, let me get back to you on that. To me, that sounds more confident and it wastes less time. Another possibility would be if you're just kind of deer in the headlights, you could ask them to repeat the question and that gives you some time. You can say, what I do know is, I don't know the whole thing, but what I do know is this. You can say what I've observed is this. The data that I've seen indicates this thing. Just give them the partial answer. They really are looking more for your being directionally accurate than statistically accurate. So there's your 4A process and the things to say that if you have no idea, like, let me get back to you on that. From what I can tell, the answer is blah, blah, blah. Or what I do know is X, Y, and Z. And then finally, okay, this is the thing. And this I learned from my own podcast guest. Because sometimes I think, why do I do this podcast? Because I certainly don't make any money. I spend a lot of money. I have this wonderful editor who takes my like duct tape together recording, even though I keep upgrading equipment, I am just technologically challenged in the sound production department. And, you know, I have people helping me to make it better. So that's an investment. But the thing is, I learn so much. And I get to learn what I want to learn by asking questions on this podcast. And hopefully those things are interesting to you too. So I learned this from a guest whose specialty was helping startups pitch for money in the Bay Area. And this was, I think, January of last year. Anyway, the tool is called, da, 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 da. oh, let me use my sound effect. The tool is called the Question Bank. The Question Bank is a career changer. You're going to put together in some kind of spreadsheet is my recommendation. So you can move the questions and organize them around, around dates, around people, around subtopics. Every question, like you're going to give a presentation on whatever you think, what are the questions that specific people in my audience are likely to ask that are a little bit challenging? I mean, if you're not going to put what's my name? I mean, that would be silly. So what are the questions that people are likely to ask? And again, you're not going to necessarily, you can, if you want to write out the complete answer, but just writing down the question will start your subconscious brain working on the answers for you. So put that baby to work. You can show the bank to your boss and say, what other questions should I be prepared to answer? You can show it to your skip boss. You can show it to peers. You can use it as a training tool 
for your team, like people who work for you, like, hey, guys, I'm getting ready for this executive leadership presentation. These are the questions that I'm anticipating. Just FYI, you should be preparing yourself to be able to answer these in the not too distant future. It's a way of helping people to focus because there's so much noise and when you want them to see the signal and the signal is what are the questions that people are, are going to ask you? So like in the example that I gave you earlier in this podcast about the engineer who was overwhelming the audience with all the data points so that they would not have any room to ask any question ever that's forgetting that you need to curate the data. Like you're the expert, you're the trusted advisor, they can't take it all in. Their brains are not the Grand Canyon, their brains are a teaspoon, an eyedropper, a flea. So you, it is your job to curate. Now, as curating, that means leaving most of it out, leaving some things in, you're gonna make mistakes and that's, you're not omniscient, right? So there could be questions that you didn't anticipate answer them with graciousness, with confidence, with good humor, and that will pave the way for your next promotion. And you can thank me for that. So just to recap real quickly today, questions are good. You want to be excited about them. You want to welcome them, encourage them. You're going to acknowledge the questioner, advise on the topic, answer, ask back. You're going to say, let me get back to you if you need to. And the magic tool is your question bank. So thank you so much for listening to this. I think this should be very helpful to you. And if there's ever a topic that you would like for me to address, just send me a message. My website is www.speakupwithlaura.com. It's all about speaking up to be helpful, really, to help people and to get the value that you add recognize. Hope you have a fabulous day. Love talking to you and I'll catch you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.